Hello, everyone. I'm Cassidy Bias, and you're listening to Adulting 101, the podcast. This show covers all you need to know about how to survive adulthood and life after college. Today, we're talking about how to negotiate salary for the first time. Negotiating salary, or just talking about money in general, can be scary, but today we are going to talk you through how exactly to do that as you are entering the workforce. Here to talk with me about that topic today is J.T. O'Donnell. J.T. O'Donnell is the job search and career expert. She's a syndicated speaker and author and the CEO of Work It Daily, an online platform dedicated to helping people solve their biggest career scenarios. She has more than 15 years of experience in HR, recruiting, and career coaching. Tune in now to hear my conversation with J.T. O'Donnell. Hi. Hi there. Great to meet you. Or e meet you. <laughs> yes. Nice to meet you as well, JT. It's very nice to meet you. Yes. How's everything going on your end? Good. Good. It's busy. The weeks seem to go pretty fast these days. That's definitely true. Yes. But yes, I did just want to thank you again um, because actually recently I was looking for tips and advice on negotiating salary for two positions that I was working with at the time. And I didn't exactly know what to do. But after watching your videos, it's definitely helped me have a little bit more confidence in that area. So thank you. Oh, good. That's great to hear. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. That's literally my favorite thing about what I do. You can give all the advice in the world, but if people don't use it, then it doesn't matter, right? So the fact that you used it, you're, you're really the hero in the situation. So what are the top three questions that people usually ask you as far as negotiating salary? Here's what I would ask in order to prepare yourself to ask for more money. Let's go at it that way. So if you're in an interview and it's your turn to ask questions, I might say, tell me how you will evaluate whether or not this person is meeting or exceeding your expectations. What will you evaluate? And you want to listen closely to the criteria. I would also ask them, tell me about somebody that didn't work out here recently, somebody who did not make it. Can you tell me what they did wrong so that you can hear that and understand where they failed? And then I would also ask, can you tell me a little bit about what career progression looks like at the organization? How does somebody grow here, both in position and title and financially? Hopefully they can give you some really articulate answers with that. With that information, when the time comes and you get the offer, what you should always do is say, I am so honored that you have offered me this opportunity. I would love 24 hours to review the entire thing and make sure that I have no questions. If that's okay with you, no one's going to deny it and say, I'm so excited. My gut is to accept on the spot, but I know the right thing to do is to review it and make sure I don't have any questions. Would that be okay? Nobody's going to say no to that, especially if you say to them, I'm honored and I, you know, my gut is to accept, but please let me just make sure. Right. You should definitely have some time to think about the offer rather than saying, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And to formulate what you want to say when you go back and ask for more money. Now you're going to pull out the answers to those questions they gave you. So when you're ready, you're going to go back and say, and you're going to call and say, I'm so excited about this offer. That's why this call is really hard for me. I was wondering if there would be any opportunity to get the rate of X. And you're going to have to give them a number. You can't just say, I'd like more money. You're going to have to say, you know, you offered me 22 an hour or, you know, 35,000 a year. I'm really hoping to get 38,000. Can I explain why? So the process is, I'd like to open this up for further discussion. This is why I would like a higher rate. And then this is the rate that I want to have. Yeah. I mean, you can do it afterwards as well. I think the most important thing to take away is that you should have a number in your head. 
Because if you're going in and asking for more money, they're going to be, well, what are you looking for? Because what they don't want to do is come back with a higher number and you go, no, that's not the number I was looking for. You're opening the conversation up. So you need to have a number. I just feel comfortable saying, I was wondering if you might be able to go 10% higher or could you get me to this? And can I explain why? Then I would explain to them, you know, I've looked at this and I realized my commute's going to be farther or there's no, you know, health insurance, which I'm going to need to cover. So first of all, you'd look at the benefits, but then I want you to go into what they gave you for answers. You could say, you know, you really talked about somebody who could do um, this, this, and this will exceed expectations. Well, my background here and, you know, the internship I had here, the things you talked about, I know that I can exceed your expectations in these areas fast. When you talk about that, I know that I will be able to get up and running in a matter you know, of weeks, you know, just a couple of months and really create value. And honestly, if I don't, then I would understand if you would let me go. But I will tell you that this additional money to help cover my expenses, and I promise I will make sure that you are saying it was worth every penny by doing these additional things. So again, you're going to have to give them some reasons in order for them to justify that. And then just say, you know, I know you probably can't decide on the spot, but I just wanted to see if this was possible. So that way you're not saying, look, I'm not going to take the job if you don't offer it. Because you may still be comfortable taking the job, but it doesn't hurt to give some reasons and ask politely and see what they say. And they might say, no, you know, there's just no room here. And they said, well, let me go back and talk to the hiring manager. And you could say, I really appreciate that. Again, I'm very excited about the position and I'm grateful that you let me ask this. That's it. And you see what they say. And if they come back and they say no, you could say, I totally understand. I would still like the position. I'm just looking forward to figuring out how I can create more value and, you know, earn a raise sooner than later. So that way they know you are on this career-minded track. So if they say no and you take the job, they're now aware, well, to keep her, I'm really going to have to make sure that I create this game plan for them. Right. Definitely have to work with them because they're such an excellent worker and I want to keep her or him here. Yes, yes, definitely. I did also want to bring up knowing your worth. You hear this a lot from different adults outside of college, and you continue to hear that not only through different corporate opportunities or nonprofit jobs, just different types of jobs, but also through freelancing if you're an entrepreneur or a freelancer in general. Could you tell our audience a little bit more about what exactly does everybody mean by that and how can they come up with that? Yeah. So I'm going to take a step back and talk a little bit about economics. There's a, this law of supply and demand. So in the labor market, if there are a lot of the same type of people, they would be seen as a commodity. And when there's a lot of commodity, employers can compete on price, meaning I'm paying $15 an hour. And if you don't like it, it's okay, because there's 20 more people behind you that will take the $15. You want to focus on understanding your value. And that's what we mean about knowing your worth. So what are the things about you that are different or special? What kind of problems do you solve? Pain you alleviate? How do you save or make money? that justifies the cost of hiring you, that justifies the rate you're looking for. Now, as a new grad, that can be challenging because we default into, well, I have no real work experience, so I am a commodity, and I'm going to have to take the first job that comes along. I was guilty of that myself when I graduated from school. I didn't know any better. Same. But there are some things you can do to be more informed about that. So first of all, you want to take a look at the types of jobs that you're applying to and use sites that have salary calculators. So companies like Glassdoor have them, salary.com. You can just Google search or internet search salary calculators to understand what the pay rate ranges are for these types of positions. 
Also, there are sites like Glassdoor. There's a new one called Comparably. They're fantastic. I love them. They will um, start to show you information about existing positions at the companies that have been shared by employees. So you can start to get an idea of what a particular job at their company pays in terms of the pay range. So that's going to start to give you a baseline of what you're worth. The thing that I would tell you to do is if they come to you and say, we would like to offer you this, and you think that you're worth more, then you're going to formulate the reasons why, you know, whether it's, I have this experience, I did this in school, you know, whatever the case may be and ask for more. The worst they can say is no, especially if you do it professionally and politely and sincerely, the worst they can say is no. The reason I suggest you do that is there are studies that show that people that learn to ask for more money and test the waters and know their worth over their lifetime will make over $600,000 more. Yeah, that's a lot of money. If that is an incentive for everyone listening today to just give it a try, I don't know what is. Right, right. (laughs) And you will get better with every year that passes as you gain more experience and more knowledge, you will know your worth. It'll become more clear, but you do have to start somewhere. So my two pieces of advice is do your research and put out a rate. And again, ask for more. The worst they can say is no. I was actually one of those students, too, coming out of school saying, well, uh, I don't know if I should ask for more money. Um, I didn't even consider it because I was like, oh, well, I just came out of school. I don't have experience. I don't have any of that. I feel like this company is saying you should be lucky that we're offering you anything at all. So it's awesome to hear your perspective as far as what exactly recent graduates should be considering and know that even though they are coming out of school, that they do have value. They just have to do their research and see what exactly all consists as far as what they should be asking for as negotiating salary. Let me just jump onto that too and say, if you take a job like you and I both did, (laughs) and then you're in it for a while and you realize, ooh, they lowballed me, or (laughs) I'm not, you know, there's a lot of other jobs out there that pay a lot more than this. Deep breath, they probably offered you that because you were unproven, but now you're crushing it for them and you know that they love you. So there's some things that you can do there. One, you can, again, do your research at that point and then sit down with your manager and say, hey, you know, I'm three months in, I'm six months in, I'm loving it. I think I'm meeting and hopefully exceeding your expectations. I've been doing some research. I really would like to earn more money. Can we talk about what it's going to take for me to earn a raise here? And is that even possible before the annual review? It's a polite way of saying, uh, I've gotten a little bit smarter here. Like, hey, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> and, um, I'm trying to figure out how to stay here and get the money I need. It's a really polite way of doing it. And if they value you, they've just trained you during that time period at an affordable rate, then they're going to make good. And I've seen this happen time again. Let me tell you something. Some employers are amazing recognize that and give those raises and recognize you. Some employers don't until you ask. So this is why I want you to sit down and talk about planning for that raise once you realize. If they say no, then go start shopping for a new job because this early on in your career is where you could probably see some significant salary gains. And if they're really not willing to entertain that and you're now skilled, I know people say, oh, it's job jumping. Well, you're not going to do this 10 times. But it is okay to say, you know, I don't see myself here forever. I'm seeing that I could be making a lot more money and go out and find it. But I would tell you to try to have that planning the raise conversation first, because it is great if you can stay where you are. But if not, then move on because every job is temporary and it's up to you as a, you know, a business of one. Think of yourself that way. It's up to you to market yourself and find the right fit. 
And so how soon exactly would you be able to have this conversation with your employers? I saw on your previous blog post that you had mentioned, for example, six months. But I also hear that you're also saying it could be as early as three months. Like, let's say that somebody finds out the first day, oh, I should have been paid a lot more than this. When can I talk to my employer about this? So it depends on how the kind of response you're getting from them and how certain you are that you are crushing it. So if you're in your first 90 days and you know you're doing okay, but you can't really point to any hardcore numbers-driven results that imply that you have really killed it, then I would say you're not ready yet. Your goal should be to be able to sit down and say, you hired me to do these things. I'm not only doing these things, but I'm also up to speed so fast that I'm doing all of these other things as well. So when you can go to them and say, I'm doing more than what I was hired for, and I know that's having an impact on the bottom line, you're politely saying, I'm making or saving you more money, hence why I want more money. So that's how you should focus and make that decision. I would say any earlier than three months, though, feels a little quick. For most jobs, it's taking you six months to even be worthwhile to them in terms of the return on the investment, getting you up to speed. That's why I would say normally you're probably not even going to have that conversation in six months. But again, every situation is different. You might be getting in there and just getting the hang of it and have so much quantifiable results that you can go have that conversation. Just monitor it carefully. Well, that definitely makes sense. Let's say that you have either been laid off or fired in a previous position. How exactly do you negotiate salary in those types of circumstances? Remember that you are still bringing value and that you shouldn't be dinged necessarily. If you're bringing value, there isn't a penalty for what happened to you in your previous role, especially if you were laid off. That was involuntary. This through no fault of your own. So don't be fearful and say, well, I got laid off, so I can't ask for as much. Nope, creating value. You're going to ask the best we can do. When you get fired, The most important thing you need to do is take some accountability. What I see people often do is make excuses around, well, they didn't do this and they didn't do that. We're taught in recruiting in HR that there are three sides to every story. Yours, theirs, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. And people who can say, you know, I look back now and if I could do anything different, it would be this or this. And maybe there would have been a different outcome, but I can't change it now. And I got let go. But I can tell you to my next employer, I'm going to make darn sure it never happens again. So here's what I'm planning to do to make sure that never happens again. In that situation, I'm now getting a better employee because they've learned their lesson and they're not going to want to screw up. And so that's a really important piece if you've been fired. Take some form of ownership and accountability. And then again, you're bringing the right value. So you shouldn't be penalized financially for that. So you're going to approach it the same way we've been talking about today with respect to the salary negotiation. Right, exactly. You should not lie and, and try to get past everything and then have that risk of them finding out that you actually were fired. You should just be as truthful as possible. I say with a few exceptions, there's no bad employees, no bad employers, just bad fits. Things happen. Things fall apart. It's happened to everybody in their life. You just have to really own it and move forward. We talk about these young professionals going up to their employers and asking them, would I be able to negotiate my salary? Do you have any tips or advice for young professionals who are ready to negotiate their salary but are looking for that confidence to do so? Give yourself a runway. So first of all, you don't want to wait around for your annual review to have this conversation and that one meeting with your boss. I think that's super stressful. I always say, don't ask, plan. 
it's the asking that's really scary because you're afraid of rejection. So how about we go in in a scenario where there's no rejection? How about we go in and say, I would love to have a clear conversation with you. So my advice is to sit down first and do some homework. Create an actual table. I want you to create a document. And in the first document, everything that you were hired to do. And in the second document, I want you to quantify. And by quantify, I mean, give me some numbers of the fact that you're doing that. So let's say you were, I'm going to use something basic. You were here and they're asking you to do customer service to take customer calls. And so in the next column, you can say, I went from taking five customer calls a day to 15 customer calls a day in three months. That would be proof that you've really grown and that you're adding value. And you would create a list of all the things that you are doing that meet or exceed that list. And then I would add in the next column, again, what are all the additional things that you've taken on and how can you prove that? And then in another column, I want you to talk about the things you would love to learn or take on in addition to. These are normally going to be things that you've seen people who, um, who have gotten promoted or in a slightly higher position than you are doing to create their own value for the organization. So what that is saying is that here's what I was hired to do. Here's how I know I'm doing it. Here's how I'm doing more. And here's how I want to do even more. This is what you call a basic career plan. Then I want you to schedule a meeting with your manager, bring that piece of paper because you're going to give it to your manager. So have two copies and say, I would love to have a career conversation with you. I love it here. Here are the reasons why I love it. I see my career growing here. And I wanted you to map out how I'm seeing my career growth strategy. Here's what I've done. Here's what the additional, and here's what I want to be doing. What do you think about that? Are there other things that I could add to this? Because ultimately I would love to earn a raise. So this is how I perceive doing it. Do you agree with me? And if so, how long do you think it would take to get that raise? What do I need to do to make that happen in, say, six months? So give them a date of when you'd like to get that raise by. By showing that information, you're planning. And this is going to give your manager a chance to say, you're absolutely on track, and I would love to see you do these three more things. Or, you know what, you're going to get that in four months. Or they might say to you, you know what, this isn't actually what we were looking for. We need you to do this, and this is why you're not going to see a, a raise for a year. No matter what good or bad, you're going to get some information that's going to help you decide, do you feel on track there? Do you feel comfortable you're going to get the raise you want? Or you might get information that makes you realize, wow, they're not planning to give me a raise for a really long time. And am I comfortable with that? Or do I want to go look someplace else? No matter what, there was no rejection in that moment. All you're doing is getting information. But I'll tell you something else. You're learning how to partner with your manager. And this is the biggest mistake people make. They think that they are employees with golden handcuffs, that the employer has all the power and they have no control. You don't want to be that way. You want to learn to own and be accountable for yourself and to be comfortable having these discussions where the two of you get a win-win situation figured out. And this is one of the best places to start to do that. And honestly, it's safe because there's no rejection in that moment. It's just a game plan. And I know you talk in previous conversations as well, as far as going to, for example, HR, but going directly to your manager, if you want to have those different types of conversations as well, just to further create that bond and that sense of trust rather than going like right over their heads. You have to. They don't want to find out that you went to HR and recruiting and said you were unhappy with your salary. That's a distrust there. HR and recruiting are there to make that salary happen after it's been approved by the manager. So you've got to go to the source. But what about you've figured out what your worth is by doing your additional research here and there. Let's say a young professional wants to ask the coworkers who are either 
already working at the position and who may have a similar position as them or who even may have the same title, would they be able to have a conversation with those coworkers who are already within the position at the time? And if so, how exactly would they have that conversation with them so that they can have even more information on what exactly they should be asking for and not lowballing themselves? It can be challenging because it's one thing if you know somebody at the organization and they're comfortable telling you about their salary, most people are pretty private about it. Yes. And the reason, especially young people, and you want to know why? Because they don't feel that they're good at negotiating and they're very afraid that if they share what their salary is, they're going to find out that somebody else got paid more. And let me tell you something else that happens. And that is that there are a lot of people that lie about how much they're making. I find that fascinating, but there's study after study to show that. So I am almost hesitant to have you ask for fear that they won't tell you the truth or they'll be feel that they've been put on the spot. Here's what you can do though. You should reach out to peers at the company and ask to learn what they think it takes to get hired there, what they think it takes to stand out and be seen as an exceptional candidate, what they're looking for in a coworker. Because remember, they have the job and you don't. So they can walk down the hallway and say, I like her or I don't like him. So you want to help understand what they're looking for in a peer. And if you can ask them those three questions, you're going to get a lot of insight in order to do well in the interview. The goal is to make them fall in love with you and make you the hands down number one choice. Because the moment you do that, you sit in the bargaining seat. Let's think about that. If you've ever gone shopping for something expensive and you're looking at, and you finally find the one, it's the one. You don't want your second choice. You want the one. Your heart's set on it. Right down to the point that you'll justify in your mind that you should pay a little extra for it because you want it so bad guess what? Employers are no different. So when we have a young professional who is articulate and hitting all of the right notes in the interview process, and it's so clear they're better than the rest, do we really want to lose you over a couple of thousand dollars? No. Now, if our hands are tied and we flat out told you from the beginning that there is no wiggle room, this is the rate, it is non-negotiable, then you cannot ask. But if that has not been discussed, it is far better for you to work on using those networking contacts, peer level contacts, in order to crush the interview. And then when it's time, when you get the offer, that's when you're going to try to justify and ask for more. You just have to do it. It's the way it is. And again, I would be fearful that if you ask somebody, unless they were really comfortable telling you, it could backfire. And on top of that, studies show a lot of people lie. (laughs) That is true. Uh, (laughs) A very sensitive topic with that. Uh, Yeah, I'm not comfortable sharing that. And again, I've just seen too many times, this is actually something that I think we learn early on in our career. So recent grads, people are used to sharing everything. So they do share. And then that's when feelings get hurt because they're thinking, well, why did you get $5,000 more than me? I'm going to go in and ask for $5,000 more now. Doesn't always work that way. You know, you are an individual, you are a business of one, focus on your business and its value, not on everybody else's. One thing I want to tell um, folks out there that are graduating from school How much you prepare for interviews and how well you understand the entire interview and hiring process will determine what you get paid. Plain and simple. If you go in and you're not prepared and you're umming and awing through your questions, I'm just not as comfortable or confident that you're going to crush it in the job. So I'm going to hedge my bets and and offer you a lower pay rate because I don't want to be burned. I can't get that money back 90 days later when I realize you can't do the job, right? So please do your homework. You need to learn. There's great video training out there that teaches you what happens before an interview, during an interview, after an interview, how to follow up, what are behavioral questions, how to answer them. 
the more hours you spend on interview prep, that is time well spent. That is going to turn into dollars for you. Right, right. <laughs> and I realized that as students were tired of studying, we'd like to never crack another book again. I get it, but this is your life. This is your finances. And we're talking about some major differences in your income if you put this time and energy in. It definitely helps you if you consider more of your standpoint and do your research. That's the main thing. Do your research before you go in. And as you were talking about earlier, know your worth. And now that everybody knows the definition from listening to this podcast, as well as your previous resources, they should know. Wonderful. Excellent. Well, thank you, JT. Thank you again so much for being on this conversation with me today. And uh, just want to say thank you to our audience again for listening. And I just want to tell everybody out there, you really, you can do this. It's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. It just takes a little work, you know, 15 minutes a day. My company's called Work It Daily and you can find us at workitdaily.com. And it's called that because I've learned over the years that if you can peel off 15 minutes a day, watch a video, learn something new, think about it months later, you know a lot and that knowledge is power. So I hope that you do that. I hope you can find me at Work It Daily. And uh, feel free to connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn and TikTok and Instagram. I love connecting with people. So I hope you track me down. Thank you, JT, so much for coming on to the conversation today. And as always, audience, thank you for listening. I'm Cassidy Bias. Talk to you next time. Remember to subscribe to Adulting 101, the podcast, and follow me on social media. LinkedIn, at Caspi Bias, or on Instagram, at C-A-S, B-I-A-S. Adulting 101 is a part of C-Bias Productions. For more podcasts, please visit Spotify or Apple Podcasts.